Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go Inside the Coach's Headset. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Coach's Headset right here on ucsportsnation.com. We're brought to you by Tony Smith, your shelter insurance agent. I'm your host, Amos Rogan, and we're very happy to have the first-year head coach of the White County High School Warrior football team on the line with us, head coach Mark Frazier. Coach Frazier, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me. Um, you know, I know uh, you've got a, some athletic background behind you and everything. Why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, how you, how, uh, you got into playing football, and I know you played other sports as well, but uh, kind of how you got into to playing football, but then how you got into the coaching side of things. Well, as far as, far as the football goes, I, I guess I kind of was an odd bird. I, I loved it since I was tiny. You need to get my parents to tell stories about me trying to watch watch football. They used to punish me if I didn't want to go to church when I was like five and six. They wouldn't let me watch football when we came back. So I guess I was at a young game. <laughs> so I'd always go because I wanted to watch those games. Now, that was back in the day when you had one game a day, Amos. You may remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go back one down, Channel 5. But, but, no, I've always loved uh, I loved the game. I played since I was small. I played junior pro and Sometimes I look back and, you know, some of those coaches that were there uh, that started when I was in second, third, fourth grade, and you look back on those guys and realize how much of an impact that those coaches have. I still remember them. Uh, of course, I obviously came into uh, White County Middle School and played. Uh, I had two coaches there with Coach Farley and Coach Haley that were both guys that I could tell a lot of stories just from those years. So I, I loved playing. We had, we had some good times. Probably the Biggest things, camaraderie that we had from those guys. Uh, you know, I got a couple guys on my staff that you know I played ball with uh, throughout uh, my young years there, and then uh, obviously went on to high school, played four years there at Sparta, and then uh, as far as college ball goes, I I, I did play some college ball. I, I walked on and played at UT, and I was um, you know lucky enough to get to run through the tee, and, and that was a great experience. So I don't know that. You know, a lot of people think that's a big deal, and I am very proud that I got to do that. I, but I didn't feel like I was part of the team. I didn't really get to play. So I guess maybe it's not as big to me as it is to some. But I did learn, you know, the uh, some things there about the college atmosphere and the college game. And then um, I left UT, and I went to Carson Newman and played. Um, they had offered me a scholarship out of out of uh, high school, and I called him and asked if they still would want me, and they said sure. So I went down there and played a year for them. Uh, I blew my knee out. And that was the end of my playing days. I decided I had enough. So I played a couple years of college ball and then came back. And, uh, you know, from then on out, it was more of the, the coaching aspect uh, as far as from there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to hear any more about the athletic stuff. It's probably not very good. Uh, Amos, <laughs> the rest of it was not nearly nearly as impressive as the football side. I did play some sports. I played baseball and played tennis and played basketball. You know, got to got to get on the floor as a high school uh, athlete. But, there was not a lot of college in my future as far as that went. Well, you know, I, I think that especially now, uh, there there's so many kids and, and so many people out there talking in their ears going, you need to specialize in one particular sport or even one particular position uh, within a sport that I think it, it is important to kind of put out there that 
hey, kids need to be well-rounded. They they need to play multiple sports because not only does it help them from a physical standpoint, it kind of gives them a break from, from some of these other things that are going on. Well, we, we, we actually were just talking about that today. Uh, you know, you know, back then you played three sports. That was just what you did. Um, you know, and I, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Like I said, all my other friends played baseball and basketball, so I was excited to play that. But you're right. A lot of people nowadays think you should specialize, and I think that's the worst idea in the world. I know I get a lot of backlash for saying that, but um, as a football coach, I want my kids to play basketball. And, you know, I think as a basketball coach, I think you'd be crazy not to want your kid to play football. You'll look and see most of the most physical players uh, on the basketball court are football players normally. And, you know, I'm not saying you're automatically uh, good at basketball because you play football or vice versa, but I do think that it makes you better uh, for whatever your skill or talent level is. Um, I know this much as a college recruiter, these guys that come in, you know, they'd much rather see a guy that's a two or three uh, sports star as opposed to just playing one. So, and, you know, for most of these kids, there is no college coming. I mean, 99% of them are playing high school and that's it. So just the experience of getting to play other sports in high school, I think is, is uh, something that these kids don't need to pass up. They need to enjoy their high school years Tell them it's going to go downhill from there, and they all laugh. <laughs> so then you got to start work. So, uh, so I think it is important for them all to play as many as they can. Well, let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, some of the things that influenced you as a coach. You know, playing at, at at UT, walking on there, getting that type of exposure, but uh, even more so, and maybe a lot of people, especially around these parts, may not remember or, or realize. But Carson Newman football was a very big deal in NAIA uh, for a very long time, winning multiple, multiple national championships in the NAIA ranks. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that type of experience and maybe some of the other things that you've been around kind of got you in to the coaching side of things and what influenced you in terms of philosophy. Well, you know, I will say this, and one thing, and it is kind of neat for me to say this, you know, Lovey Smith was my defensive back coach at, at UT. It was Phil Former's first year. So Lovey Smith now at Illinois, but he went to the Rams and, and you know, won a Super I, I think he won a Super Bowl as a defense coordinator with the Rams, but very successful, went on to be the Bears coach forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, then at Carson Newman, you know, uh, you're, you're correct. Carson Newman was considered a, a powerhouse when I was there. It was a – they expected to win championships, and uh, so it was neat. We had just moved up in classification when I was there two years before that, and Ken Sparks uh, was our coach, and Ken uh, just passed away here, but he, I think he went down as uh, a top five all-time winning as coach. I'm not sure exactly where he finished Something at. But, like that. So I was really lucky to have some really impressive you know, college coaches that were there to influence me. But I, to be honest with you, you know, that was that I did learn some football there, and, and you know, some how to run a program and that type of stuff. But I honestly learned more when I got into the coaching. Um, I went to finish up my degree and left and, and took a job in 1999 at Oconee County, Georgia. Um, it was a high school that before, uh, the year before I got there, had gone 8-2 uh, and two, uh, and won a game or two in the playoffs. But then before that, they'd been very similar to what Sparta has been through as far as a long drought of winning so uh went down there with a guy named jeff heron uh jeff arnett was a friend of mine from here he was sparta's head coach and i helped him one year as a volunteer there 
and then went down to, to Oconee County. And we were, you know, lucky, and I say lucky enough, I was lucky enough to be a part of a staff that went, we went undefeated and won a state championship in Georgia. Um, was lucky to coach. Well, I think we had seven college guys on defense that we coached. Um, I got to coach Tony Taylor as a free safety my first year. He played for the Atlanta Falcons, led Georgia in interceptions his senior year. So that's an experience that you don't get to have a lot. I, I probably at the time didn't realize how um, how unique that experience was, to be honest with you. And then I look back on it now and don't realize, you know, I, I tell them now, I thought with Coach Aaron and Coach Arnett, and we laugh about it. I thought I was really – something special i started coaching we won all these games i thought i knew what i was doing <laughs> it turns it turns out it helps when you got a bunch of good players out there for you so but i will say that 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 from those and i stayed there three years we end up going 35 and five i think i may be off a game or two on that but went to the playoffs every year went to the third round had a chance to win it every year we were there and had a lot of players that were just top-notch players so learned a lot from those guys on how to run a program and if i had to say my the biggest impact on my coaching philosophy, it, it came during those, you know, first two or three years that I was coaching. So learned a lot from those fellows. Well, you must have learned quite a bit, uh, you know, being named uh, assistant coach of the year a couple of times while, you know, while you were down there. You know, I, I think that uh, that kind of speaks to, to your level of being able to pick some of this stuff up. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and that's, you get some stuff like that. And those awards, I'm, you know, I'm proud of those awards. But, but in reality, that comes down to the the whole staff that we had and the players that we had on those teams. Um, so Jeff Arnett was the defense coordinator. Uh, Coach Heron uh, won the uh, state championship that year and moved on to another school. Uh, and I think he's won four more since then. By the way, he actually, um, you know, maybe coming back to this area. He just retired uh, with another state championship a couple years ago. So. Um, but but learned a lot from him. But then also Coach Arnett kept me on as a, as a coordinator the next couple of years uh, on the defense. And I really, uh, to be true, you know, he he was still um, had his hands on that defense. He I learned a lot from him there as far as you know, and basically the stuff that we did then uh, is still the footprint of what we do now at Sparta. Um, and that's you know, obviously you learn from the guys first off, and it worked there. So you know, we're going to try to incorporate a lot of that stuff here so i was appreciative for those guys to give me the opportunity and like i said i learned a lot from them during those early years of coaching we're talking to the head coach of the white county high school football team uh head coach mark frazier right here on inside the coach's headset uh i'm your host amos rogan and you are listening to inside the coach's headset on ucsportsnation.com uh coach you know let's kind of talk about where you're at now in your program, your first year. You know, one of the things that I really noticed uh, in in looking and watching uh, the guys on the sideline this year as opposed to, to years past, and not necessarily in recent past years, but just, just over the amount of time that I've been around, in and around White County, uh, there was a noticeable change this year in, in – really two things what I thought was was mental toughness but really the offensive and defensive lines of this of this football team this past year was two things increasingly bigger and stronger and just really executing at at a higher level than I think I've ever seen before talk to us a little bit about how you were able to come in and really within within a one season 
and I know it's, you know, one season isn't from, you know, August to uh, December right, right. Or, or November. You know, th- this started back in the summer of 2018. Uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, you got in there, what you really wanted to focus on, and, and how how those resulted in some stronger lines. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a secret. The the biggest thing that we can do as coaches anywhere in football, especially, is, is the weight room. I've preached it, and we've got a. Luckily, I've got a staff that you know agrees with me, and and we we spend a lot of time in the weight room. Now, I, I'll I'll say not to disagree with you, but I still think we we've got a long way to go. There were there were games where, you know, we uh, we probably were outsized, and and another team maybe had a little more size and strength than we did up front, but. Uh, the thing you mentioned earlier was the mental toughness about it. Um, we we really tried to talk about how, regardless of how uh, big and how strong you were, that you've got to fight like it's the last play you're ever going to get to play. And I think that we saw some of that, you know, as, as the guys sort of bought into the system. Um, I've got to give a lot of credit to um, the guys that coach with me. I, the head coach gets funny you know you get a lot of credit sometimes you get a lot of the blame i probably deserve the blame but the credit part of it when we've got some guys that are uh we're into the thought of being able to turn sparta football around and so these guys get in there and they get after these young men but i will say what they do uh, to mention some names you know michael sloan and jj morris are volunteers that that work for me now uh, curtis Beatty's my defense coordinator he does a great job greg seagraves offense coordinator does a great job mm-hmm. but some of the guys that people don't know about most people know those guys at this point if you know anything about sparta football but you don't know the guys like sloan and jj and jordan bailey and jason harris and and um coach wilson is our wide receivers coach these guys bought into the system that we have got to work like crazy on you know in the weight room and on the practice field because we're not talented enough to go out there and just out athlete people so the coaching staff bought in and, and and i think when the players saw that you know these guys, you know, coaching-wise, really were uh, believed that what we were doing was going to pay off on the field. They started buying in. Um, another thing that I think is important is that, you know, my coaching staff, and I know other coaching staff are the same way, but, you know, they care about these kids. And I think that's important. You know, it's, it, it, if, you, if the kids know you care about them, you can, you can push them. You know, it's easier to push them harder when they, when they know that you're doing it in their best interest, not just because you're yelling at them. And so all my all my staff is that way. So to answer your question, you know, as far as the the maybe some of the success on the line play and the mental toughness part, I think it comes from that. When you get pushed in the weight room every day, uh, and then things don't go perfectly on the on the field, then you can overcome that a little bit more than maybe if you're used to everything being a little bit easier and uh, you know things going according to plan, and you know the coach is not pushing you. Then whenever you get in the game, it's hard to turn that switch. So. We try to do that in the off season. Like I said, that's not anything that's, that's uh, you know, <laughs> some new idea. That's what people have been doing for years. But we just felt like it was important as, as a Sparta football team to, to get back and try to show some toughness. And uh, we really harped at the beginning of the year, no matter what the score is, that we want to play hard. And I thought that that paid off, too, because, you know, we got behind in half the games we played. You know, half the games we won, we were behind in, mm-hmm. and, and kids – didn't give up. They fought back. And so, you know, I'm proud of that part of it. And I think that it's going to continue to, to get better. Well, you, you know, you hit on something and, and um, the record that this football program held 
coming into your first season was not really one that anybody was overly proud of for. And, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, you would see when, you know, when the kids get, get, you know, you go down by a touchdown and then, you know, you could see those heads drop on the sideline going, well, here we go again. Uh, That's a big hill to climb, especially when, um, you know, you had a lot of returning players. You had a lot of seniors on this team that have, you know, been uh, three- and four-year players uh, on this program. Uh, tell us how, you know, the, the change in the mentality of getting out of that rut of here we go again type of thing. How did you guys uh, kind of attack that and, and change that mentality? Well, you know, that was one thing. You know, we, you know I can't, I'd like to sit here and tell you I knew what the outcome were going to be of these games. We started with Cannon County, which I thought was a good football team, and they ended up having a good year. They had some injuries that hurt them maybe down the line that cost them some games. So we started the first game, and they come out and go right down the field and score a touchdown. I, I, I said, I'm looking at the field, and me and our coaches said, you get just uh, hear a collective sigh come out of the stadium of that here-we-go-again <laughs> mentality. But now, that was one thing. We, we preached that from day one uh that you know no matter what happens no matter if we get down 14 down 21 down 28 we're going to fight till the end and it happened right off the bat we end up you know coming back and winning that game uh it was a hard fought game and i thought cannon played real well but we we ended up coming out on top of that game we ended up going in the next game the same deal and behind at halftime and came back but i tell you game is a game that we lost and i felt like it was the game that really turned the the real tied that everybody uh, as far as the senior class and all the players started believing in it was it was our third game against CAK and we actually got behind 25 to 7 um down you know uh, two and a half scores there so it was it was pretty pretty looking pretty bleak and we came back and, and we got beat 32 to 29 but we you know actually had a chance there at the end of the game to get a stop and then have a chance to win so I think that the the, the belief in themselves uh, was actually turned during that game. And, you know, it didn't mean that we were going to win every game, and obviously we did. Uh, we lost some games there. But I don't think there was games that we didn't um, uh, come out and fight as hard as we could. I, I felt like those guys, hey, we're going to play as hard as we can play. And as a coach, what else can you ask? You know, if they're going to give you everything they've got, then then that's all I can ask from them. So I felt like that, you know, once again, the staff and and I, we, we harped on that so much that they could probably recite it in their sleep that, hey, you know, we're not quitting. We're not going to quit. And so, you know, I, I was proud of them. Sometimes that's easy to say. <laughs> and then if you've had two or three years of, of not a lot of success, that it's hard to believe in it. But we got over that first game hump. I thought that was huge. And then those guys after game three, from then on out, I felt like I didn't have to worry about whether we were going to get a good effort or not. So very proud of the seniors for that proud of the, the guys for buying in and, and believing in themselves so that was that was important and you know along with you know some coaches that you have on your staff there that have kind of bought in and, and have vested interest you know some of them you know kind of came up through the the junior pro ranks in middle school just you know just like you did uh you being the head coach of the middle school team before you know last year uh but on top of that uh bringing in a character coach and a chaplain, you know, onto your team to kind of help along with, you know, the mentality of this football team. It, it's, you know, football is more than just, you know, blocking and tackling. Uh, it, it's, it's, it shapes young men's minds and characters and lives to move forward, to be, 
good citizens in our community. And I, and I thought it was really cool that you brought on uh, these two guys, uh, um, Coach Chris and Coach Kerry, uh, and, and being, you know, pastors in the local community, but also, you know, just for those guys to really pour in to these young men to make them better better young men, not just better football players. Yeah, not only that, too. You know, Philip Hensley came and spoke to us once a week. He's an SDA guy, and I thought he did a spectacular job. Um, and a lot of, you know, those guys are, are doing that because it's, it's uh, you know, they're not getting any money. They're doing that because they care about the kids. So, and, you know, you mentioned back to uh, some guys that came up through the, you know, uh, when I mentioned, you know, Michael Sloan and J.J. Morris, those guys uh, have have coached these kids since they were little. And uh, they've always wanted to be able to coach, you know, at the junior high and high school level. And so they, they truly care about the kids. Uh, don't get me wrong now. They they want to win football games, too. <laughs> we we like to win. Winning, oh, winning yeah. makes it a lot for us. What we tell them, everything's better when you win. So we want to win games. But now I'll say this, win or lose, I, they they care about the kids. I care about the kids. And I think it's very important. Some of these guys, you know, don't have uh, the home lives. You know, and I guess that was one thing that really shocked me. Um, I think of Sparta, Tennessee, and, and you don't think of the – you know, you hear about, hey, kids don't have daddies and kids don't have mamas and kids don't. Well, well that's true here, too. Uh, a lot of guys on the team don't have that influence. So if we can help in any way there, that's, you know, we're trying to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said before, the coaches care about the kids, and, and, and it helps. I think it does make a difference. You know, I do, and, I, and I hope it does, certainly. I don't think you can find, uh, besides yourself, and I know that all of them do, just as you said, but – I don't think you can find a more energetic high school football coach than Mike Sloan. Uh, that dude is uh, – he is he is electric when, when he's on the sideline. I love to watch him. i tell you, it was funny this year. We had a practice, and we're out there. And, uh, you know, there's there's some screaming goes on here and there. And, I, and I'll say this, too. I've got I've got a couple – you know, Jordan Bailey can get, get going. There's a coach – Coach Seagraves can get going. But now Sloan probably is a different level. We were – sitting there as far as it's being loud and going on we're at practice and I'm, he's over there with the offensive line and and I, I think I had defensive backs or something out there maybe we were throwing some seven on seven I can't remember what there was but I'm trying to talk and I hear uh, he starts getting on these linemen and I, I couldn't I couldn't keep going well, I, I waited about 10 seconds and I started to try to go again he wasn't done yet so <laughs> after about 30 seconds I told all the guys well let's just listen to what he's got to say and then we'll we'll start back when he's done so we just took a break and listened to Sloan get on to the offensive lineman and we turned around and said see you could be over there yeah well, you and, need to pick it up you ought to be happy you're over the, here with me and the funny so, thing uh, is is when uh, the funny thing is is when you're in a room with him you'd never know he's in there he's he's quiet no, as no, a mouse quiet as a mouse he, he's gonna be but he he gets out there and, and gets going i I could sit here and tell you some Sloan stories. Probably I'll tell you one and be the last one. We, when we did get to coach the junior, which I didn't mention that, I was going to say that was actually an important thing for me. It's actually my first head coaching experience. And I know middle school is a different level, but it did help me learn some things as far as running the team. But Sloan's on the sideline. and Sloan likes to throw his hat down when his guys aren't doing very well. And he throws his hat and he picks it up and throws it down. And he normally throws it right at his feet. Well, he, he actually got it hung up and he let it go early and it's, he threw it all the way out to the hash mark and he about hit a referee on, on his feet. He wasn't meaning to. And I know he wasn't meaning to. You could see it. You see the shock when he looked up and he let his hat go. So from here on out, we, we make sure he throws his hat back toward the fence and not out toward the field. So we'll, 
try to keep him doing a little better job at that. But, no, no, I love him. The, the passion is there, and that's what makes him a good football coach. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the community. And, and, you know, the Upper Cumberland community as a whole is a special area when it comes to high school athletics. Always very supportive, no matter what it is. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, in this, what I would call rebuilding year, and it was, and it was a successful rebuilding year, even though I know you would say you didn't win as many games as you like to, and, and that's what every coach should say. But you won five games when there wasn't any games won the last two and a half years. So uh, in, in retrospect, it, it is, you know, it's a rebuilding, a successful rebuilding year. But the community support of this year versus what has been in the recent past, in my mind, has been overwhelming. How, how did that help you show the kids, hey, there's more people than these guys that are on the sideline here uh, behind you and really rooting for you? Well, I, I tell you, you, you're correct in that. that The community doesn't really realize how important they are. Seeing them in the stands makes these kids, it's, it's such a huge difference. We had a game where we had a big flood. Um, we didn't have many people there, understandably. I mean, it was terrible weather, but we struggled. And I tell you, I think a lot of that was because of the crowd. We just didn't have them there. And, and, and not, let me make sure I'm not complaining about that game. If you remember, it was an absolute monsoon. Yeah, it about was. It it was horrible. But the games, the other games that we had, we had seven home games. The other games we had such a great turnout. And I really feel like it made a difference. And it's not only on Friday nights. We've got guys that have done things for us in our locker room. Uh, we've got guys that donated to buy shoulder pads and helmets, and you, I could go on and on and on. None of those people want me to mention their names, or I would like to mention all of them um, and and talk about all the stuff that they did. So, I mean, there's no doubt. I, I'll give you one thing to tell you, and, and most people will know who Cade Clark is. He's a basketball player, football mm-hmm. player, one of our best players, sure. uh, one of our leaders, and obviously he is on the basketball team doing a great job this year on the basketball court as well. But we walked out to a scrimmage, and he said – this is more people than have been to my games in the last, you know, so they know, they know when the people are there to watch. So, I mean, it, it's a huge impact for the people and, and to hear it in the community, the pats on the back and, and, you know, Hey, you did a good job this year. It means a lot to these kids. So we're very appreciative and to come support a team that to be honest, hasn't been very successful in the past was uh you know, was very impressive. And I think it speaks highly of the Sparta uh, community and how they supported us. And, you know, even though, like I said, we didn't have the greatest, uh, history in the past but they came out this year and, and uh, we were we were very appreciative for them to be there and one of the traditions that you guys started uh was kind of in memory of of coach jake morris who uh was very influential in the junior pro uh, and i think he even coached a little bit in middle school as well who who unfortunately passed away but uh if, if you ever come to a white county high school football game uh, from here moving forward about, I would say, regardless of what the score is, about a minute and a half left in the game, you start people standing up and moving down onto the track, and you think, oh, well, everybody's going home. But they're not. They're lining the fence for what happens right after the game, which is giving every player as they walk off the field a high five. T- tell us how uh, that kind of got started and, and and how special it is to have that type of unique tradition uh, there in White County. Now, once again, I've got I've got to give all the credit for that to, to JJ Morris and to Michael Sloan again, guys that coached. Uh, uh, Jacob Sparkman helped coach down there, and 
and and obviously Jake as well. Jake, you know, we have Ultimate Warrior Night for Jake because you know he was the epitome of what a football player is supposed to be like. Um, tough, great athlete, and you know everybody remembers Jake. I'm, I'm still my my kids still talk about Jake coaching them. You know he he was rough on them too, and uh and for you know and they loved him for that. You know it, it was it was fun some of the things that Jake would tell them. So uh, and uh, you know going to the thing where giving the high fives. Uh, that was something that they started down at the youth level after every game just to basically give the players a chance to say thank you back to them and, and the parents and, and the community enjoyed it. And so I'll be honest, I didn't even know that it was going to happen. You know, I, I didn't realize, you know, but those parents have came up with these kids that are now the freshman sophomore class that all gone through with J.J. and Mike. So that that kind of just happened, and uh, and we were excited about it. You know, we saw them coming um to line up and I say, Hey, you know, I don't even know if I said that. I think Sloan may have got him in line to go do, do that to, to start with the first game and it continued to grow. I think it's a great tradition. Those guys love it when the guys line up and they get a chance to see the smiling faces and, and say hi to the mom and dads and everybody else that's there. So it, it, it it's really unique and I, I hope it continues. Well, I, I hope that the success and, and the, the, the building of this program continues on. I have no doubt in my mind with you and your coaches and the support from the White County and, and Sparta community that, that it's going to be. Uh, Coach Frazier's, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. It's been fun, and uh, we hope to uh, have you on here again sometime. That sounds good. Sounds good. Anytime, Amos. I'm sure you enjoyed that UT football game as well, right? Absolutely. I know you said we can't talk, talk college sports. We can talk it for a second, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, I will always make time for, for a, a, a Tennessee Vol conversation. No doubt about it. Uh, hey, I appreciate it anytime, man. I thank you for having me. You've been listening to Inside the Coach's Headset right here on ucsportsnation.com. I'm your host, Amos Rogan. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share it. Let your friends know. We're trying our best to highlight the great coaches that we have in our Upper Cumberland High Schools. Until next time, be blessed, and thanks very much for listening. Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go inside the Coach's Headset.